Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Sandra Williams. She is a construction manager and an entrepreneur and an investor and has got a lot of really, really cool projects going on in her area. What I think you're going to really appreciate a lot is the journey that she's been through with the current projects that she's working on and the markets she's chosen. What I think is really fascinating is she went from custom home builds to flipping, and now she's doing a lot of reuse projects, new builds. Uh, and, and just a lot of construction projects that are aligned with the market that she's in. And she gives some great tips on not going against the grain, but actually being kind of a, a leader in, in, in really, um, you know, looking at the market, looking at what's needed, and then diving in and making it happen. Absolutely. She is now converting a church into a Aplex. And a lot of the decisions that she made in the past, not everybody was supportive to them. So she really, her tenacity to really continue growing and trust her gut over her fear has made her extremely successful. And she shares tips on how you can do that too. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investher, H-E-R, con.com and use the promo code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we are on a very enormous, I'm going to use a different word, enormous mission to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. Right, Andressa? Indeed. Look at you, Liz. I know, getting crazy. Words. Using my thesaurus. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for Sandra for being on our show. Thank you so much for joining us, sharing your wisdom with the women uh, listening. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we love our, our interview style episodes. We do um, interview interviews on Fridays, we release those. And then on Tuesdays, we do our mini-sodes, which are 10 minutes or less. Andressa and I kind of take turns on different topics. So join us for all of our episodes. So uh, as we always do, for those who are joining us, I'm going to take the, the intro or just the, a quick lesson 
And we do that every episode, just something quick coming up for us that you could take into the day and also weaving it into our theme of today and what we're going to be diving into uh, with Sandra. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, something that recently happened with my son. I just love, I love stories with my children. They're like the best stories usually. Um, and I'm just like, what are you going to say? So, you know, I went to our little parent teacher conference. God. And I always feel like I'm kind of going to the principal's office, but I go there, I bring my little pad of paper. I mean, you know, um, and, and I was in person, which was awesome, right? It wasn't virtual, you know, wearing a mask, it's all good, but I'm like, oh, wow, I can actually meet your teacher, which is so exciting. My son's in second grade. So I'm sitting there listening. She's got a little report card. She's telling me about different things. And she's like, you know, you got a great kid. You know, I really just want to tell you that. So as soon as she says that, I'm like, oh, something negative's coming after that. She's doing the sandwich <laughs> approach. Tell me something positive and then bing, you know, something that's like your son is also like filling out a second grade. No. So she was really like so complimentary of him, which totally made me nervous, you know? And then she did say something that was very helpful. And she's like, you know, you know, your son gets so focused. He's a very focused young man. I'm like, yeah, I know. He can sit there for four hours and do Legos as, as, an, as an eight-year-old. It's very impressive. And she goes, but sometimes when I say, Zach, we're going to change subjects. Zach, we, you know, do, 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 Zach, I have to say it a few times to him before he actually listens. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm being kind of like, you know, she said it very nicely. So I said, that's great feedback, you know? So I was talking with him last night and here's what he said to me. He, he, I said, you know, Zach, this is some of the feedback. He had great feedback and I really wanted to get, you know, pump him up, of course. But I said, here is something that is one of your greatest strengths. And it also overuse can be one of your greatest weaknesses, which is, is the power of focus, right? Cause it's an amazing strength, but when you're in school and your teacher's talking to you and you're ignoring her for, for four times, that's not going to work. So, she, so then he said to me, he didn't say, that's not true. I don't know what you're talking about. He said something very interesting. He goes, so you know what happens when that, when, when that happens, you know what I'm, I don't even hear her because I'm so focused. So he started to process why mm. that was happening. And we just started to process it with him. And then he said something, he goes, Oh, can I take a pill to be less focused? I'm like, honey, we Aww. don't want you to be less focused. We just want you to honor the strength of yours, but be mindful when your teacher's talking to you. Okay. How can I do mm -hmm. that? So my point in sharing this, and we had a really great discussion and we, he processed it was the first thing he did was to process it and say, when this happens, this is what's coming up for me. And I think as adults, as, as women who are investing and, and creating, creating self-care for ourselves and doing all the 85 hats we have, wow, what, what if we all did that? Something happens, we get some feedback. And instead of saying, yes, that's true, or no, that's not true, just kind of going within a little bit and processing like, what's coming up for me? Because initially mm -hmm. he was very positive about it. Then he, then he said the pill thing, which is, you know, I don't want to take a pill, of course. But my point saying all that is let's get really clear on how we can process things as, as, as women in a very um, supportive and non like beating ourselves up perspective. So that's what I just wanted to quickly share with the women listening. I love those conversations uh -huh. with with them. Right. Lawrence is six. So we start having different conversations. <laughs> and I always think like, well, we can even make it very simple here. Or we can go deep yeah. and go to this rabbit hole. Right. We want to. Always mindful of those conversations because I want to, quote unquote, break some cycles or yeah. some stories that they're making up right now at this age that they're going to, okay, this is my identity. So this is who I am type of, of, of scenario. So I, so when I, when I hear a couple of, a couple of things, I, I have this thing when I pick Lorenzo up every day 
I, I share with him the concept of scale. So I say, how was your day at school today from a scale to zero to 10? Zero being X, Y, and Z, five being whatever, and then 10 being very great. And then he, I ask him every day. And then if he says five, I say, what made it five? If he says zero, what made it zero? Or what made it a 10 for you? What made it a 10 for you? So we, we do this every day. And I think that it's so great that, you know, you and I are, are, are growing ourselves as moms with our kids. They're teaching us yeah. so many things. And that's why we're sharing all of this with all of you, because we are raising the next generation and we want them to even think differently and not have any, anything stopping them. So, yeah. so buckle Absolutely. up because those conversations are going to continue for the next 18 years. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I know. Right. Oh man. So Sandra, so good to have you on our show. And uh, we always like to kind of kick things off with our guests and asking them what propelled you to get involved in real estate investing. I think the biggest thing was uh, my husband and I were um, custom home builders and we knew that there could be made more money could be made Um, because really in in construction, the the margins there are very, very small. Uh, And so you you've got to have quite a volume if you're just going to build houses, you know, and um, especially with customs, because you are spending so much time with the homeowner and it's their, usually it's their dream home. So they have all this emotion that is. God bless, Sandra. I know. I honestly, God bless. I can't deal with that. Well, all this detail, you know, you guys have so much. I didn't want to interrupt. I just want to say God bless. Well, well, thank you. But I can't take all that on because I left that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't handle, I internalized so much of that. And so if like the tile wasn't right and the homeowner was upset and I'm like, oh no. And I just, uh, I, you know, it was so hard because you're, it, it was almost like, um, I was, had to fight tight in my self-worth to the, um, success of their happiness. And, um, and I realized that in, in my own personhood that I am not that way. I am you got to get going right here and now. And I, I want to make money. And this is costing me money because you're standing here talking to me and I need to go. And so it wasn't being my true authentic, you know, builder self. And so now we, we moved on to spec builds. Um, and that was what, how we got into real estate, because we knew that there was more money to be had than what we were doing. And, um, and so when I was doing that, I, we would drive by buildings and, that were just abandoned or whatever. And and we could see there's, there's money to be had there and we know people flip how we do it. And so, um, I talked to a bank, a local bank and I'm like, okay, how do you, how do you get into this flipping business? And she's like, well, you might want to try field service, just totally nothing close to what flipping was. So I started going down the field service route. And so my husband kept on building houses, but I was still like managing the projects. And then I start, you know, doing the field service stuff. So for banks, so I'm going in and I'm doing uh, lock changes and I'm um, hiring people to help me winterize houses. And and I'm looking at all these houses in complete disarray. And that's when I started learning more about construction and about the bones of the house, because I could see them in different states of repair or disrepair. And, um, And then I had to do reports on how to fix them. And so here I'm coming from absolutely no knowledge at all, other than just being a little 
little Miss Susie Homemaker. And then I'm having to tell people, okay, you need the electrical fixed here, and this is why. And then you need the plumbing fixed here, and, and you need, oh no, mold remediation. Oh, we've got a problem, and all that kind of thing. And so um, that propelled me into learning how to really assess a house. And then uh, we changed our mindset one day because we were so, well, how are we going to do this if we don't have any money coming in? And we had to take that leap of faith that everybody talks about because we were so tied to the homeowner's uh, construction loan, paying our, our construction costs. And, and that's how we were generating income. And then we finally realized that we just have to do this on our own. And so we took a massive leap of faith and had, you know, didn't have that guaranteed income. And, uh, and then that's when we started doing partnerships with other people and, and uh, buying land on our own and, and uh, the first uh, investment construction build I did was all on my own. And I built that right as COVID hit and I had it done in three and a half, well, three months and three weeks. Wow. So t- tell me about that, the first deal. What type of project was that? Did you guys do it alone or, or with a partner? We did that alone. Um, so our first flip on our own. So I, I kind of flipped for banks, but then when we financed and went out on our own, that was a flip. And it was in an area where it's kind of a bedroom community to the the town the towns that I live in, and um, was almost a gut job, but not quite. So there was a leaky roof and the main bathroom. So it only had one functioning bathroom. We made it into two functioning bathrooms by the time we were done, um, and we had to um, blow out the cabinets. Um, and put new cabinets in. But other than that, uh, new roof, uh, new paint, new flooring throughout. It was a two-story um, house. And um, and then also it had this RV that was abandoned and someone had apparently lived in it. And it wasn't oh in, in a great state at all. And so we had to not only clean that out, but we had to demo it because they obviously had, had moved in a road at some point in time. So you were not just hauling it away. And it was like boxed in. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, our first flip and, and we did it really well. We, we made more money than we thought. And that was right when our area started taking off and, and people were thought we were crazy for flipping in the area that we were flipping out there. Yeah, they're like, you're never going to make any money. And, and we both just looked at each other and we said, oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so that's what we did. Love it. Sandra, tell us again, what region are you in? Um, we're in uh, Northern Idaho. Why did everyone think you're crazy? Well, that it was in the Silver Valley. And so in the Silver Valley, you have a lot of uh, old mining towns that, and it's part of like the um, EPA Superfund cleanup. And so now the area is really good, but um, there's a pass. So, so you have like Coraline and, and Sandpoint, and then you have Lookout Pass and and that is sometimes gets closed in the winter. People are not going to want to live there really, but because so many people are moving to our area, it's now becoming the desirable place to live. And the houses are amazing. They're so cool. Um, old houses that have just really, really good bones, but you have to go in and, and fix them up because they're, they're a hundred years old. And, um, in that, in our area, that that's pretty old. And a lot of people don't want to touch it. So uh, we've since then bought more and more houses over there and have had to put some really interesting uh, plumbing fixes in with the city community. So we've had the, the uh, trenchless plumbing fixes where you go in, 
because of the mining, you can't, you can't destroy the, uh, or you can't disturb the soil without, you know, really going into a lot of EPA regulations. And so we work with the city municipalities to um, have what's, um, I can't remember what, what exactly what it's called, but it's like the piping system. It's a fluid uh, type of material that you will uh, blow into the existing uh, sewer system and then it hardens. And so it like relines the pipe without disturbing any kind of soil. And, and then you've just created that um, sewage line that, that was um, compromised for some reason. I, I love what you're saying, not because I know exactly all the different things you're talking about from a, like, I'm not, I'm not as much construction minded as you are. And obviously Andres is, what I love what you're saying is that people told you you were crazy and you said, I'm not listening to them. We're doing this anyway. Yeah. And I think we all have those moments. We're going into a new market. We're going into a new niche. We're starting something that not everyone Even in our family is doing. investing in real estate. Yeah. Just investing oh, yeah. in real estate. You're crazy. You're yeah. crazy doing that. Right. But it, but there's a recipe to people who listen and who don't. And those who don't, then the next step is you actually succeeded, right? It wasn't like you didn't listen and you fell fat, flat on your face. You actually succeeded and you got into something before others and you're, and you're thriving. So right. that's really important for, I just wanted to make mention of as, as women are listening, because you um, had the experience, you had the knowledge. And then you had the know-how to how to navigate a very unique community, it sounds like. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's like me and my husband, I don't know if we would have been set up for success in that community under those circumstances. I guess what I'm trying to make sure everyone hears is that, you know, number one, people are are usually wrong in saying that, that, that you're crazy. <laughs> and just mm-hmm. consider the source. And then number two, how do you mitigate risk? Clearly, Sandra, you were set up to succeed in that area with that niche with the strategy that you employed, right? Not everyone would have been, but, but you knew enough that you could. And I just, I think we need to trust ourselves and not listen well, that, to everyone. So I just want to say that. Oh, for sure. And that I've learned that I think it's been more and more reinforcing as I go on. So, so we still have flips and now I have my own, we have our own division of, of just flips and I've hired people who have that specific skill set just to do flips. Cause it's totally different than new builds. And now I'm in the new build phase where we're building um, we built over 20 houses this year, and I'm I'm still in the focus of, of that 20, building 12. And what I've come into, into um, what has faced me recently is most of the subs look at me, and they don't know my history, because I've not marketed my company. Um, I'm just now starting to do that. And so they look at me like, oh, she's just so-and-so. And a lot of them think I'm the owner of the house. And they don't realize that I'm a general contractor and I've literally had my subs that I'm paying their pot, their, their paycheck or their, their invoice, um, say, um, excuse me, but who are you? <laughs> like, oh, oh, hi, I'm the general contractor. Oh, sorry. Um, but I get a lot of feedback where people will say, well, Sandra, this is how you need to do this, or you can't do that because if you, if you fire this sub, um, right now, then you have all these permitting issues and just on the whole list. And I'm like, he is not performing. I don't care if he's doing multiple things on my job. I am not going to give the job to him on the next job. And I'm firing him now. And I will handle the permit issues. I've already dealt with that with the with the so-and-so, you know, inspector or whatever. So you get all of these people who think they know and they want to tell you how to do it. And if you do not stick to your gut, because you know your vision. And even if you don't detail your vision well, which we all try to do and should do, 
you know where you're going. And if you do, if you let them tell you, no, this is really what you need to do, it's going to circumvent your whole step, your whole process. And then you will not see the results that you are trying to get. So you're pumping me up right now. (laughs) Well, good. You're pumping me up right now. You know why? Because in our Facebook group community, with the way things are right now in the market, right? Needless to say, and I want to acknowledge that, that you're not like the people that are saying it, you're not crazy, right? Mm-hmm. The challenge to find you know, contractors that can even bid on your project, subs that uh, quote unquote threat to walk out of the project and you're, you're in that that situation, they're like, oh my gosh, I am mm-hmm. quote unquote hostage of this situation. But yes. I love to, to to hear what you're saying because the power is on you. Yes, I'm going to fire this person because the person is not performing, period. Right. Instead right. of dragging this and pray to God that he or she is going to finish up the, the, the job. I completely agree with you and I love to hear you saying this with so confidence mm-hmm. because it is tied to a very specific uh key performance right it's, the yeah. person is not performing and also your gut and w- your vision those two mm-hmm. things it is like yes yeah so yes you're fired and today mm-hmm. and end yeah. of the story so thank you for saying that because we are hearing a lot of this on our community and women are in a very uh, challenging situation right now to deal with those, those circumstances. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, to say, yeah, that. and it's, and it's not easy. It's scary. You know, you're sitting there and you're going, okay, I'm living in a, this is a smaller area, you know, and we've got hardly any subs to pull from. If I fire this guy, then what am I going to do? And, and really what I've learned is cause I did that, you know, well, I don't know for a little bit. And then I, I got to wait a minute, this is my company. I need to take charge. Otherwise I'm going to lose what I set out to do. So I set forth another plan. And when I did that, I now have an entire crew because I hired one person that people told me not to hire. And I hired him because I knew it was the right thing to do. And now I have, he, with his connections, I was like, this is my vision here. This is a test. And this is little three houses and this little development over here. This is a test. So if we can perform really well together, then I got another development where it's going to be three times this. So help me make my crew. And this is going to be your area. This is going to be my area. This is going to be our area that we will develop in and we will build new houses for people who need it because our housing crisis is, is, is exponential. It's just huge right now. Uh, well, everybody else too, but I mean, but yeah, he was all on top, all, all on board. So if I had listened to my ears instead of listened to my gut, I wouldn't have had the blessing of, of a whole new crew that I have right now. Great. I love that. How can we listen to our gut more than our fears? It's a great question, right? That we all can keep, keep an eye on for, for the, for the decisions we're all making, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. So tell us a little about the uh, work you've been doing on creative reuse. I know you're, you're working on a a church right now that you're converting to, I think an aplex. If I, if I got that right. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's a, such an important topic because there's mm-hmm. so much commercial, you know, buildings throughout the country that world. Mostly, I'm just familiar with our our you know our market here. That's just sitting. They're vacant. Mm-hmm. They're sitting. They're, they're not being used. Um, and then on the other spectrum, multifamily and the need for affordable housing. 
not affordable housing in any technical sense, but just literally housing that people can afford is only going to increase. So we have these two things happening. And the, the people that are really creative and in the trenches right now are, and, and this has always been around as creative reuse, but we, we've seen it more even in the onset of COVID. So I'm just curious mm-hmm. to, to walk us through that a little bit, because I think it's a topic that's so many women want to learn and get clear on and, and how they can manage something like that. Well, um, I really think first and foremost, when, when you find that, and when we were first approached with a real estate agent, you know, hey, you got a church. I'm all, oh, what? And, and he goes, yeah, come, come see this church. Well, it had been converted into a dance studio. And, and so we went through it and, and then it was like, you know, the lights went on because they have their classrooms or whatever that they've had for years. And, and the fact that this church was, you know, uh, had it in a dance studio. And so they had kind of boarded some things up, um, but you could lo- walk through and you could see the vision and, and definitely um, is in a, in a need where people needed, um, needed apartments. And so uh, we hired an architect um, and we're working with the architect right now. And it's really important. I think um, a lot of people will say, oh, I don't need an architect. I don't need that. You really do. You, you need an architect for, for um, systems-based. And hopefully you can find someone who is used to converting churches into apartments things like that, because they're going to be able to help you navigate on whether or not you're going to need extra plumbing. If you can use the existing plumbing and have like suites um, and things like that, that will keep your costs down. And so um, we're still in the working stages of of all of that, but I have seen um, the value in having an architect because your plans are so, so detailed and, and that really affects your numbers, you know, and, and you really have to have, keep your focus of the end goal in mind and, and don't change that. Once you change your end goal focus, then, then you've, you've probably skewed your, your numbers. I know it's not probably you have. So that's a, um, just know what your focus is and, and keep that. Don't, don't change from that. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just want to highlight what you're saying about architects, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes people think that architects, whatever, I'm going to hire an architect and then you, you just do this job. There's architects that are specialized in certain projects. And, and that is so important. I think I learned this the hard way when mm-hmm. building multifamily and different, different types of constructions because it isn't the same thing. So when you're talking to architects... Get to know the person and see if what areas they specialize, if the company, they have different divisions that you can talk to. It is beyond important because they will not see the different things. For example, a church completely different than the new build. It's right from and also completely different from from a rehab it's another animal so mm-hmm. when you're vetting vetting architects please make sure that they have experience with the projects that you're looking to do because they can be they are a very important asset when you are doing something new for 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 the first time I, I couldn't agree more but i'm curious about when you came across the the church itself you know, comparing with all the, the things, how did you run your numbers? Do you like other churches or or you just analyze the market and, and saw the need for housing and you know what's going on? But I'm just curious in terms of the numbers. I'm sure, I'm, I'm not sure actually, like the comps, like other churches or or how, how did you run the numbers for a church? Well, um, I have to disclaim here a little bit. So my business partners um, really ran the numbers, but I think where they got the comps from and where we all decided this was a good idea was because it's in a um, in a community with a, a college. And so this had been done before in communities that were not too far away. I mean, not exactly close, but enough that the communities mirrored each other. And so that's where we could say, well, this is happening in this town. And you have the same demographics. And so I guarantee you that if we do the similar thing here, we're, we're going to be okay. We're, we're going to have make this a success. And so that's basically what we did. Um, and yeah, there's not a whole lot of people converting churches, but this architect did in several other towns. So we had that experience that you're talking about, which is so essential. And then he also had the knowledge base to know whether or not it was going to be successful too, based on his past experiences um, that he did. So he could give us a little uh, light on that. And plus the real estate agents kind of specialized in that as well, as far as I can remember and as what I know, that's why he, the real estate agent bought it himself. And then he decided to go back into school and he's like, I can't take this on. I need to sell it. So um, he goes, here's my idea. And I tell you, when he said that, we were all like, this is crazy. Why would you do this? And then after he walked us through the whole church, it just threw a whole light on. So now I'm looking at older buildings because we live you know, in these small little towns and you have these gorgeous brick buildings. And with the labor shortage and with the lumber shortage, 
all of that, we can reuse, which is near and dear to my heart because I love old buildings, love them. Yes. Also repurpose them. And so I, after um, we all walked through that church, I was like, I want that building downtown. And so I'm going back down to this same town. And I told my two business partners, I was like, we're going to do that someday. We're going to do that rehab and we're going to make apartments out of it. I love that, Sandra. And it's so important, especially in any market, let alone a competitive market. So for you to go buy an Aplex versus convert a church into an Aplex, Aplex, think about what's what's easier, right? What does most people want? They want to like do a little work to the building, make right. all this make all this money. Well, right now, yeah. So same with like the millions of people who want to buy multifamily. So the key is how do you do things just a little bit differently? Look at the projects. Mm-hmm. Like what can I look around my community? The markets I'm interested in, and mm-hmm. we're just are not getting as many eyeballs. Those are opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's just you got to go against the little bit like the grain and think creatively. I also I also think like, too, it's like someone might say, you know, I'm looking at this church and it's two hundred thousand dollars. Is that a lot? It's like saying um, I want to buy a new phone mm-hmm. and it's going to you know, it's like I have so many more questions. <laughs> I don't know if that's a lot. That could be a great deal or be complete nonsense. And so the more important question is if we're going to convert this to an Aplex, what's the value of that? And then you right. work backwards. Then it's exactly. all about working backwards, right? Mm-hmm. What's the value of what we're looking to do? The rent and then mm-hmm. that I can get from it. Yeah. Yeah. So many yeah. people start at like, what does this cost? That's not the first, that's not the most important question. And that's right. not how you're going to evaluate it, Again, I'm not the biggest numbers person. And again, I'm not someone like, oh my God, this is like amazing at running numbers. But I do know that you got to know what you're looking to create and what the value is. And then work backwards to say, okay, going to need X. Mm-hmm. We're going to buy it for this. Do, 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 do. It's going to take us this time. Where are we getting the money? And does it make sense on the back end, right? Of what we're valued at. Yeah, that's exactly. That's that's how we we really, the numbers kind of worked on this, but we're like, no, we know this is good. We, we know that this is going to work because of, the, of everything that you said. It is such a need in a college town. And, and the market niche that we're kind of going for is, is like the, um, people are going for their masters, you know, kind of, and their doctorate, you know, that kind of a, a mindset. Um, and there, and so we're going to really try to uh, create a community and the, the community living, which, which is really attractive to a lot of people. Um, and so that I think is, is where we get the value that you were I'm talking curious, Sandra too, like how much, how many conversations did you have with the local township? Cause like, you know, every town is so different. Some towns are so welcome of different conversions. Other ones are not. I'm curious, I, like, how did you navigate that? I am so glad you brought that up. So I, oh, I will. Is that to, a good thing or a bad thing? Who knows? Oh, Let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> no. So if you create a project that is in line with the goals of the municipalities, you will have a red carpet. I mean, that we have found that. So I'll, I'll just talk about another um, smaller development here in, in, a, in a small, small town. And they, they want, they have just rife with like old mobile homes. And so I've been going in there and um, uh, buying the, the properties, demoing the mobile home and then subdividing. And now we're going to put these, these nice quote unquote condos on there. They're not really condos, but they're like condo buildings. And that's what the, um, the city wanted. And so they did whatever they could to make sure our project was successful. And so again, back with this church uh, set up, uh, most, uh, again, the architect was, was, was helpful with us. Um, and then my business partners did a lot of the communication with that, um, building department, but 
in the same sense, they need, we were fulfilling a need and in a way that the city and the municipalities, authorities having jurisdiction, all of that were welcoming of it. So it was never a conflict and you eliminate that conflict. So it's very important to do some research in the places that you're going to buy or build or whatever. You can do it on the phone. You can, you can call in and phone call ahead of time and see what their goals are, what their needs are. Um, and then find projects that meet that. And then you're going to head off a lot of issues by doing that. Huge. And you can ask so many different questions about what's happening uh, with other businesses coming in. You know, because if, if you said like, oh, what what new businesses are coming into the area? And they're like, none. You know, like, okay, no one else is coming here. That's a red flag. I mean, I don't mean to so, sound so trite, but yet we don't look at people just like, oh, I found this great deal in this area. I never mm-hmm. realized when we started, I don't know about you, Andressa, but- I never realized how important knowing the local, you know, building inspectors and just knowing what their appetite was mm-hmm. and how helpful it would have been to work with them and, you know, what their plan was. Like you're saying, is it aligned with their plan? That is so, I wish, I, I wish we would have avoided markets. Honestly, we would have not gone to certain markets that we did. Had we done that research right. beyond just the property being a good price, you know? Right. right. Love that. Um, yeah. In terms I- of. Yeah. No, I wanted to, to see, because like you going quote unquote against the grain, right? Not in the case with the, the township, but people saying, Oh, don't, don't invest there. You went there. Yeah. You don't fire this person. You're like, Oh my God is telling me, I want to, I want to talk about that pattern, right. Of, of you really trusting yourself and, um, moving through it. Where, where did that come from? Were you always like that or something that you had to develop or something happened that it really affect you for you to really have that level of confidence and trust your gut, your decisions? Well, I guess I gotta be honest and just say that, um, I don't know if it's a, a confidence because it's a fight. It's always a fight, but I do have tenacity. And I think, um, I think God gave me that tenacity from a little, little kid. Um, I remember uh, when I was about five, this, my next door neighbor was trying to shove my, I'm sure my sister said something to make him mad, but he was trying to shove my oldest sister in a, in a blackberry bushes. And, and my dad just sees me taking off and I am like screaming, you know, just, boom, I'm going to beat this kid up. He's a high school kid and I'm five, you know, so I'm on the world at that age, you know, I had no fear. I'm like, I'm going to get you. And so my dad and, and my, his best friend come running and, and snag me from getting hurt. Cause this kid obviously has no problems eating up little girls. So, um, anyway, so that was one, one story, but I guess also throughout my life, I've just had some, um, struggles and, um, I've always like fought through and always come up on top. Um, and we were uh, in a car accident years ago and, um, and I, our whole family was, and, and, um, we had all, you know, various injuries and I had so many people telling me, no, the kids are this, you're this, this is going to be your life for the rest of your life. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, okay, that might be, but no, I'm not going to accept this level of life. I might have these things that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, but I thought, even I thought my husband would <laughs> about going to this particular care center that treated um, injuries that we had. And I just fought tooth the nail. And I knew, I knew, and God got whatever you're going to call it. 
uh, for me, it's God. And I was just like, I am going. And I threw basically an adult fit until I got there and my kids and, and even, you know, everybody says that's the best thing we could have done. And so there's sometimes where, where you have to back off a little bit, you know, with, with your spouse, but that was one time that I did not. (laughs) (laughs) And, and he, you know, looking back on it, you know, he didn't, uh, when you go through those things, you don't realize what, what some of the blessings are through, through, through the fights, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. I've had several times where I guess you might call them trials, tribulations, or failures, failures or whatever. And then I look back and I, and I sit there and I'm going, no, I know different. This is not right. I know that that's where I got to be. And this is what I got to do to do it. And then I just go full bore ahead and I get it done. I know it's great. And I think that's like, it's not that those things aren't going to happen because like everyone literally listening to this podcast and, and I know for my journey, same with you, Andressa, we may have had, and with you, Sandra, we have different things that have happened to us, but it all, there's circumstances that are just like, how are we going to navigate this? How am I going to deal with this? This is really tough. And we all have different definitions of that, but we have a lot of tough things that happen to us and in, 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 in around us. So that's not what we should be avoiding. We should actually be right moving towards like the bigger part of that. I, it reminds me of a conversation I had recently with my sister, and uh, you know she's my older sister, but she always refers to me as the as the one that has wisdom to share, which I just love hearing, even though I don't feel that way all the time. <laughs> but anyway, I was on the call, I was on the phone with her, and she was talking about a little overwhelm that she's dealing with, and I said, I said, Chris, you know. I didn't say this. I read it somewhere, but I say it to myself all the time at life. It's not about life getting easier. We just have to get better at living it. Uh-huh. And that's really good. You know, you should trademark that. She's so cute. Um, she's my biggest <laughs> fan, but I, I, you know, I say that just because it's so true. Like what you're saying, Sandra, it's really not about looking for things not to happen, but it's about how do I manage this more powerfully with more grace, you know, and, and, and in a way that supports me. Um, because life's not meant to be avoiding the tough things. I don't know about you, but there's things ahead of us that I don't even know about. But I do know I'm going to have that frame of mind that I need to be a better version of myself. You know, mm-hmm. I need to, you know, or, or, or what have you, right? Rise to the occasion versus, well, can't it just go away? Like so many of us, just this thing go away. You know, exactly. we all have those moments. So I, I right. love that. Uh, this has been great, uh, Sandra. We really appreciate you you being here. Um, where can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow you along your your amazing journey here? Um, right now, um, I have a website. Um, it's www.northstarconstruct.com. Um, eventually, I will be. Um, I just am in talks of hiring a life coach because um, I, like I said, I have never marketed my own company. And I realized after going to VP that I have skills um, that could help others. And so I have an Instagram. It's um, North Star Investor um, at Instagram. And um, and then that's all I've got right now. Um, but if you, you get on my website, you can call in my office. I'm always available for a phone call. Uh, my office manager will set up an appointment and I can talk with people. Um, and, and just help out any way I can, and then just, uh, watch what happens in the future. Uh, with my life coach, I'm hoping to maybe, uh, write a book. Um, I have a lot of stories I could tell. Absolutely. This is the first of many things. And I love that we met each other. You and I chatted quite a bit at bigger pockets. So yeah. um, I'm like, you need to be on our podcast, you know, so <laughs> I know. I'm glad you that was finally great. came on. 
Yeah. That's awesome. And you guys can find all this information on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous street questions. And the first question for you, Sandra, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Mm. Wow. I, the transform, and this sounds so odd, but the most transformational book that I ever read literally was The Big Burn. And it's it's a book about how we created our forest service and, and why it was transformational for me, because it made me realize how much our history is tied into what we do on the day to day. And so uh, the burn of 1910 swept through this whole area and there are buildings, there are areas that are left untouched from that fire. Mm. And, wow. and so our community has latched onto that now and is revitalizing some of those towns with that knowledge. And plus it affected our nation, our nation's history. So our forest service and, and all of those things were created out of that. And it was also um, made me realize people's sacrifice that, that they made when our country was just kind of new. And so to honor, um, honor those, honor the people that have come before us. And so I try to do that in my day to day. Um, in our buildings that that I do now, I, I try to honor the people who lived there before. If we're going to turn it into an Airbnb and try to tie that into our buildings, so I guess that that would be the most transformational book recently. Awesome. The second question is: What's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Whatever balance means to you. <laughs> it's really uh, working out and then getting up in the morning. Um, and focusing, either praying or meditating. Um, and then, because if I don't do those things, then, then life is really difficult. If I do those things, definitely. <laughs> and then also creating space for time with my husband and I to reconnect because you can't, can't tap into your gut and what God made you to be. You can't tap into that if you don't have that time to just reconnect with everything that you hold dear in the first place. Absolutely. The last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? I would say Lucille Ball. She, in learning about her, you know, you, when I grew up, we knew that she was funny and we would always watch her reruns. But then when I was reading about her business acumen and the fact that she became the first woman to own studios and, and it's very much like what we're doing, you know, they told her, you're not going to have, you know, this show with, with a Hispanic American and, and you, that's not the, it, which it was the quintessential American, but they all told her no. And so look what we're doing. People are telling us no. And we're like, yeah, what? No, we're going. And so that's, that's her, where I get a lot of my inspiration. It's her. And she, she ended up being not only the most respected and loved, but a very, very successful businesswoman. And, you know, so that's, that's what I would like to be as well. Love that. Sandra, I love her too. I love, I have so many VHS and I'm dating myself. So many VHS videos of <laughs> I Love Lucy. It's like one of my favorite shows. But anyway, um, Sandra, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing your, your wisdom and your path and the journey with, with us and the women listening and excited to see where things go for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. 
If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.